Let me ask you something. What's the last time a company exceeded your expectations that gave you a memorable moment? Think about it. Think about your past, your childhood even, those memorable moments, those things that exceeded your expectation, that surprised you, that you think of today fondly. Are there ways for companies to create those moments so that we can have better experiences? My guest on this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, Chip Heath, author of The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have Extraordinary Impact, thinks that there is definitely a way for companies to understand this kind of impact and to create it. Check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Chip Heath. He is a professor at Stanford Graduate School of Business and the co-author of a book this show made quite popular called Made to Stick. And today we're going to talk about the power of moments, why certain experiences have extraordinary impact. So Chip, thanks for joining me again. Oh, it's good to be back. You're going to let me get away with that claim that uh, I, I single-handedly made made the stick popular? Uh, well, you have the duct tape theme right, so that, that's something we shared in common <laughs> yeah, from the right. very beginning. So that's right. I think together we brought duct tape to prominence in the business there, environment. There you go. It's never enjoyed such a healthy period of, of sales or acknowledgement. <laughs> so let's define moments because that's a key premise of the book, and it's probably a good place to start. Yeah, the, the notion of moments is that, that experience happens and we don't record the film strip of experience in our minds. And so we, we take a vacation and there are a few things that stand out about that vacation, a few memories that we carry away. Uh, people have done research on like university careers and it turns out in your entire four or five year university career, uh, about 40% of your memories are from the first six weeks of freshman year wow. because that's when you're encountering lots of new stuff. You're, you're doing things for the first time. You're going up to a party and nobody's waiting up for you when you, when you get home. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the four years of experience is a lot of experience, but what we record are snapshots huh. and important peak moments, uh, really awful pit moments. Um, uh, but it's not, it's not the whole thing. It's parts. And what that says is that if we're designing experiences for customers or employees or kids at home. What we want to design for is the moments that they're going to remember because they're not going to remember the whole thing. You know, what's interesting is, I mean, I, I, I vivid, you know, every now and then I'll get these vivid flashbacks from childhood. And I mean, some might be dramatic or I don't know, even traumatic, although I didn't have very much trauma in my life growing up, but, but some are not, some are just like trivial. I mean, so why do you think that is? Well, that's what we tried to find out in doing the research for, for the power of moments, we were interested in, in not just random memories necessarily, but we're, we're interested in memories that people regard as important and meaningful. Mm -hmm. And that combination of memorable and meaningful, we started finding some consistencies in those. And so, for example, one class of, one class of moments is moment of insight. When, you know, something really becomes clear to yeah. us that we hadn't realized before. And very often those realizations are not positive. We might realize that, <laughs> man, this is not the job for me yeah. or, you know, I've been doing this the wrong way. And, and so that's a very vivid, meaningful, memorable moment, but it's, it's not necessarily positive. Would you say that there is a common sort of psychological thread that runs through all of your books? Um, I think what Dan and I have been interested in is 
is can we take can we take what psychologists know, what sociologists know, in the social science and make it practically useful? And so, in this book, what we've drawn on, for example, is the psychology of utility research literature on you know what people remember and why. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to say, you know, if you're a hospital administrator and you're designing a patient experience, what would you what would you carry over from that? So, for example, one thing one thing that we know from the psychology is that people remember surprising events. Yeah. And and so how would you break the script of you know a hospital stay? And and I think, you know, if you're sitting in a hospital bed and you've got very little else to do, I think that's the time to take off the dietary restrictions, you know, unless there's something physically, you know, maladaptive about ice cream. Yeah. I think if you want to eat ice cream every meal, you should be able to eat ice cream every meal. And and I think thinking through those thinking through those experiences and thinking through what's what's gonna be remembered later. Another another principle that we find is moments of connection are really important to people. And so very often in hospital settings, you know, the person who's coming through is, is in a hurry and they, they kind of buzz through and they take a look at the chart and they ask two questions and then they're gone. But a few hospitals have found if you know, you just take time to introduce yourself and before you leave, you ask, you know, is, is there anything I can do for you right now? Patient satisfaction scores go up dramatically <laughs> just from those two small tweaks. And so establishing those connections are, are really useful, and it's not something we always think to do. So, so you mentioned two, and I think you actually cover four in the book. You said insight and connection, and then <clears throat> um, elevation. So explain elevation then. So the four principles are insight, connection, uh, pride, mm-hmm. which is kind of self-explanatory, but elevation is, is a little bit jargony. Um, when we talk about elevation, we have in mind experiences that stand out because they're they're more sensory and vivid than normal. So, you know, sitting in a national park and looking at the beauty of the national park, that's an elevated moment because, because it's so visual, it's so concrete, it's so visceral. Um, but if you think about a birthday cupcake is, is a perfect compact elevated moment. It's got, it's got, it's got sugar, fat, and flame, you know, all in one object. And, and it turns out that a lot of our memories are these very sensory experiences. So, one of my favorite questions to ask is, you just ask the crowd, how many of you have a box from an Apple product that you just couldn't bear to, to part with because it's such a well-crafted box? Yeah. And what's amazing is about 40% of the crowd, any random crowd, will have boxes at home. It's a little embarrassed to admit it, but then they look around, there are the people raising their hands, and in some way they feel like there's a social movement there. Yeah. But what's amazing is Steve Jobs was savvy enough to realize that if, if we get the right box, and I love the boxes for iPhones because there's there's such a sense of drama as that you know the vacuum suction yeah. as you're trying to unveil your iPhone and it takes a while and it pops out and it's perfectly nestled in that beautiful box and a lot of people have such a sensory experience with that that they can't bear to part with it later on. Yeah, and that's uh, as you said the insight to 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 do that, but that is that is. You know, that's an investment. I mean, that was that thing is engineered to, you know, the 100th degree. Right. And uh, yeah. everything about that was maybe as important as the phone itself. Yeah. And I, and I think it takes somebody, somebody with the view of the whole experience that Steve Jobs used to have that in order to make that investment. Because I think very often in, in our work, we, we don't have that yeah. sensory view, you know. So, like, I love checking into Doubletree Hotels 
because there's a warm baked cookie there. Right. And that takes that takes some extra experience to to engineer the you know the the heaters or whatever they keep the cookies in behind the front desk. But how much better is that experience as a check-in experience than the standard? You know, where they kind of ask you how your day was, and it doesn't matter what you reply, they do the same three minutes of typing all the way at the terminal, and then they hand you a key, and it's it's all very generic. And it's only Doubletree that's kind of mastered, you know, how do you make that moment special? So one of the things that I notice about you know, at least moments I remember, particularly when it comes to interacting with a business, is that they, I was used to be treating, I was used to being treated a certain way, and they didn't treat me that way. Um, and I'm yeah. talking about a positive experience. So they exceeded my you know, already kind of warped, you know, expectation and <laughs> low expectation. Well, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times I will tell businesses, you know, the good news is it's not really that hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the most remarkable stories in the, in the book is uh, the number two rated hotel and trip advisor is not the four seasons. They're number three in LA. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, kind of chic boutique hotel that attracts the Hollywood elite. Um, if it comes in at number one, it's called Hotel Bel Air and it's, you know, cost you eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a night, but they've got beautiful marble bathrooms with heated floors, you know, which is exactly what you need in LA, of course. <laughs> uh, so, but number two is, it's called the Magic Castle Hotel and it's in a converted 1960s apartment building. So the facilities are not particularly striking. Yeah. Um, they charge, Hyatt Hilton level prices, but they're always booked, and so occupancy rates are, are off the charts relative to the hotel industry. And their secret is they're masters at creating small moments. And so, at the side of the pool, which is much smaller than the Hotel Bel Air pool, but it's a tiny, tiny backyard pool, uh, they have a, a red phone that looks like it might be Cold War era surplus, you know, from those critical calls mm -hmm. that the United States and Soviet Union used to make between the, the presidents. Um, and above the phone, red phone is is the sign that says popsicle hotline. Huh. So you, you walk over to the you walk over to the phone and you pick it up and the voice on the other side says, Well, you're right there. And a few minutes later, out of the front office emerges somebody wearing white gloves and carrying a silver tray with popsicles on it. <laughs> and they pass it around the pool and the kids are grinning and the business people, you know, at the pool are grinning and and there's no better recipe for happiness than a cold popsicle in a warm Los Angeles afternoon. And that simple act, I mean, popsicles are pretty inexpensive. Yeah. They're flavored sugar water. And yet the impact of that moment is huge. And it comes up over and over again on the, on the responses on TripAdvisor of what do you remember about yeah. your, your stay? And I think that's a peak moment for a lot of people for their vacation. It's just that notion that I, I called the Popsicle hotline, and they came out with the Popsicles on a silver tray. And and I look at that, and I think, why are we doing more of this? I mean, it's just, like you said, it's so easy if you take the time to think about it, but yet we're not thinking about it. Well, so... I mean, the simple conclusion would be that, well, we just have to, whatever we do now today, we just have to find a way to, like, exceed expectations, trick people maybe even uh, into liking us or to surprise them in some way. Is that, I mean, is it as simple as that? Is it like, let's sit in a room and think of ways we could surprise our, our clients? Well, I don't think surprise is, I don't think surprise is the whole story. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it's difficult to imagine continual surprise. Um, right. But 
every time I check into the double tree, it makes me happy to get that cookie. Uh-huh. Um, and yet you think you at the typical hotel, the snack bar is the same, whether you're in Austin, Texas or New Orleans. And what if a hotel took the time to have one snack and one beverage that was symbolic of the town that was produced locally. And you'd have a sense when you walked into the hotel room, that this is a different, this is a different experience. Yep. You know, this is a, I'm in New Orleans or wow, I'm in Austin, Texas. You don't get the, the, the jalapeno lollipops anywhere else other than Texas. Um, and, and so I think, I think the trick is we need to start thinking about those positive moments. And what we find in our research is that 80% of the time for most organizations, they spend thinking about dealing with complaints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, Certainly, certainly, if you know the Magic Castle Hotel had cold showers, people would be worried about that, and that would be the theme of the ratings as opposed to the popsicle hotline. But conditional on not having any obvious flaws, I think instead of filling in the minor potholes, if we took the same amount of time and started thinking about how do we create more memorable, meaningful experiences, I think we'd be way ahead. Well, so so that leads me to again, I'm I'm sure that people that that are listening today, uh, but certainly people that then get the book. I mean, ultimately they want the answer for, okay, how do we, how do we build that into our, you know, experience? I mean, how, do, where, where do we start? Well, I think the, the elements that we talked about earlier are, are good places to start. So mm-hmm. can you, can you make the experience, can you make the experience more sensory? And so Steve Jobs did it with a box. Um, Double Tree does it with a cookie. A, a restaurant could do it with an appetizer that is compliments of the chef. Um, yeah. A restaurant could do it with, you know, they're, they pass out lavender scented towels in, you know, first class cabins. But there was a hospital I encountered that made big inroads with patients just by having lavender scented hot cloths that they would pass out right before bedtime. Mm. And the scent and the heat was such a nice comfort right as you were going to bed that it made a difference in the patient experience. And again, that's not expensive. But it takes a little bit of thought about how do we create a positive moment for people. Um, I love an example we pulled up from the web of uh, a praise for a cable television company, which are hard to come by yeah. very often on the web. But is a repairman who who was working behind uh, you know the the TV cabinet and brought a handheld vacuum cleaner and vacuumed up little dust bunnies that were behind the cabinet. And and this is what I think is brilliant. The guy said, you know, it's really hard to get access to this. And I just wanted to do something do something for you because I'm back here already. Yeah. And notice that what he's doing is excusing the homeowner for being a bad housekeeper because we're all bad housekeepers in that particular spot. Right. But yet he did something thoughtful in the mm-hmm. process of that customer interaction. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great example of connection because when we talk about connection, what we find in the research literature is that if somebody does something where they understand us and they validate our situation and they care for us, that's when that's when we feel like we're in a relationship with someone. And notice that that cable TV guy has understood my problem. I can't clean back there. Has validated it. It's not your fault. You know, it's really hard to get to, and it has cared for us in a very simple way. And I think if we spent more time as business people brainstorming how do we how do we create those moments of understanding and validation and caring i think we'd be way ahead you know one of the things that i um often uh, do when i work with organizations particularly you know there's like 
if you sell a product and people buy that product online and you have competitors that do the same thing, everybody pretty much has the same process in a lot of cases. You buy the product, yeah. you, it gets shipped to you, you have the confirmation email that comes out, maybe you have the you know 30 days later an email. And I think that a lot of times if you just kind of map out all of those touch points and say, how could we make our email confirmation just like really make them laugh? Or something, yeah. you know, something like that. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of reframe stuff uh, that that everybody else is doing, including yourself. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a huge opportunity, and and I like your highlighting laughter because that is that is a way of kind of tapping into elevation. Yeah. We 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 did this analysis with Southwest Airlines about one of their moments, mm. which is the flight safety announcement. Yeah, and, right. You know, every business traveler has heard a gazillion of those. Mm-hmm. But Southwest has for a number of years, occasionally you, you're flying on a Southwest flight and somebody will do a funny version of those. Right. And so um, my favorite line from the funny Southwest announcements is, you know, if there's a loss of cabin pressure and oxygen mass will drop, please affix yours and then help any children traveling with you. And then they say, now if, you, if you're traveling with more than one child, you may have to think about which one has more potential, <laughs> which one's less likely to put you into a home. <laughs> and that always gets a laugh. And it turns out these lines, the best lines from these things, are printed on posters in the corporate cafeteria. Ah. Uh, so they're kind of engraved on the walls. And so they're well-known and used over and over again, but they're only used in about 1.5% of flights. And so we convinced Southwest Airlines Analytical Group to figure out what the impact of that was. And it turns out if you hear one of those, because it's a fun moment, because it makes you feel better about Southwest Airlines and the flight crew that you're working with, typical traveler that flies more than once a year, it takes an additional half a flight in response to hearing one of those huh. funny flight safety announcements. That's funny. And the bottom line implication of that is $130 million. Yeah. Huh. It doubled from 1.5% to 3%, the number of funny flight safety announcements. And so when you, when you talk about the value of humor, that's a pretty strong return from memorizing a few jokes. And yet most of us don't have have the generic confirmation email. There's no there's no humor in it. There's no yeah. elegance to it. You um, talk about uh, the memorable ingredient. I think that uh, you know that that these moments and end up ultimately having. And um, that would you say that that's a bit of an art? I mean, it's great for us to sit around and go. We should design memorable moments into you know everything. But is it? it would you say that sometimes you kind of catch lightning in a jar that that. You know, you get lucky sometimes and you create one of those memorable moments that just becomes like maybe an employee did something and everybody went, wow, that was awesome. And next thing you know, it's like part of the company, uh, you know, manual. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's how things happen most of the time. And what, what we're hoping to do is short circuit that process and get you there a little bit sooner. Um, and the lightning in the jar is actually a part oh. of the cover of our book. Um, Come on, give me a little I credit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so what we what we think is you don't have to start from scratch. And by yeah. understanding these elements that we've talked about a little bit in this podcast of, of connection and elevation and pride and and insight, you can engineer better moments yeah. from the start. Yep. And so, building those properties in gives you a head start on, on what's going on. And and we can use them in our family life too. I mean, birthday parties are great at elevation and connection. Sure. You've got, you know, food, food, great food that or at least kids like, you know, with your kids' birthday parties. Right. We've got connection because we're bringing in their friends. 
But what if we added a moment of pride? You know, so like some families are smart enough to mark off on a door, mm. door sill, you know, how tall their kids are every year. And yep. you get a, a sense of, wow, I, I grew an inch and a half last year. Yeah. And that's a moment of pride. But it takes some, a little bit of effort every year to do that. What if we had a time capsule that went along with that and we collected one example of the math worksheet that you were doing last year mm. and the, the picture of the friends that you had last year and the, the TV shows that you love to watch? Wouldn't it be fun to reminisce? about what's changed in last year. We graduated from My Little Pony to, you know, the next show of kids. And we, we graduated from two-digit edition to three-digit edition. Yeah. And and I think a little bit of extra work in terms of family encounter, creating experiences for our kids, or a little bit of extra work in business, crafting experiences for our customers, we don't have to start from scratch. If we use the four elements, we're at least thinking in the right ballpark. And I think some of it is just a mindset, as you said. I mean, if we at least add that ingredient into our thought process, you know, we're even by accident, we're, we're likely to create a better experience. And so we're better off for that, if nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and it also helps you spot the brilliance of the employee that has done a riff on something. If, yeah. if, yeah. if somebody comes up with something that is a, that helps people have an insight, then we ought to keep that in the mix because that's that's part of the things that we know are going to be memorable and meaningful to people later on. Okay. So we've been talking about a lot of really positive things, a lot of happy stuff here. So let's end on a downer. You want to? All right. So there's also a possibility that somebody could listen to this or read this book and start designing some very fake moments. That's a good, good analogy for the times we live in. Um, yeah. So is is that potential there? You know, we've all had these customer service calls where they've been given a script that is supposed to be like a memorable moment, and it's really just annoying. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. is, is that is that potential there if we don't do this authentically? I certainly believe that, that you can do these things in authentically. Um, you know, like there's there's a moment that has I think been designed into the training program at many hotels where they. Instead of handing you the key across yeah. the counter, they, yeah. they walk out, yep. you know, and sit beside and point you. And that can come across as contrived. But think about the moments that we create for each other in most of our cultural ceremonies. So, you know, you say, are weddings authentic or inauthentic? Mm. Well, <laughs> they're wonderfully inauthentic ceremonies that relate to an authentic purpose. Yeah. And birthday parties are planned and scripted. And, you know, if you're ever a parent designing one of these things, you know they're incredible amounts of effort. Yeah. But they're in the service of something good. And I think I think as long as our intentions are good, people will give us the credit for, for doing, for trying to do things. Um, and I think we've got so much room for improvement that, you know, if something's coming across as inauthentic, let's drop it and go for something else. Yeah. Because there's, there's infinite room for improvement. Visiting with Chip Heath, the uh, co-author of The Power of Moments. Uh, tell us where, I know people can find the book anywhere uh, books are sold, but is there anywhere else you want to send people who are listening to uh, to get additional information or in touch with you? Well, if you'd like to read the first chapter of the book, it's on our website, heathbrothers.com. Awesome. Well, Chip, thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully uh, we'll bump into you the next time out there in uh, sunny California. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. 
Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks.